Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you an event rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on the current weekend's UFC event, complete with hot takes, possible next fights, and reactions to the overall card. Paid Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your Bloody Elbow fight analysts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 6th Round Post-Fight Show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts, as always, Eddie Mercado. Coming to y'all from one of the worst main events in 2023, Corey Sandhagamadov out here. Worse than that. <laughs> it, it's it's yeah. um, Corey Covington. Oh. <laughs> it's Corey Covington. That's some wet blanketing. It was just brutal. Corey Sandhagen came out against Rob Fawn. He says after the fight that he tore his elbow. I guess, I guess that's that's an excuse. Or he tore he tore his uh, tricep. It was. Hey, you know, but man, like. Rob Font had no idea that Corey Sandhagen that he 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 felt like he didn't know wrestling was part of the game at all. Yeah. I mean, I know he came in on kind of short notice, but it's like, you know, three weeks. And he well, certainly he's wrestled well, before. But hold on. It, it's three weeks and you're preparing for Corey Sandhagen. Sure, sure, sure. You don't expect NCAA All American wrestler Corey Sanhagen. You expect flying knee Corey Sanhagen. Long rangey, wiry, elusive Corey Sanhagen. So, first, I think we got to say props to Sanhagen for coming out with an incredible game plan, executing it flawlessly, getting a clean win across five rounds, taking no notable damage. and showing a new wrinkle in his game that we really haven't seen him have to do before. He's always either outstriking people or he's getting out grappled. And this was him committing to going out there and putting on a wrestling clinic and remaining safe. You know, it's what Rob Font was doing from the bottom was brilliant. Like sure. he was doing he was he was doing a fantastic job of setting up his sweeps, but Sanhagen was doing an even better job of shutting it down. It was it was all of the top level grappling that I have no desire to watch because I find grappling competition entirely boring. Oh, and, Zade. <laughs> and if I wanted you to lost watch... Me. Now you lost me there. If I wanted to watch two guys exclusively just grapple it out, I would be a BJJ re- re- reporter and analyst. Like, no, there's nothing... You're right. Sandhagen's top pressure... I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, man, he is floating on top here really well. His balance, his ability to regain and reset uh 
fonts guard every time font would elevate and things like that. You know, to to he spent a lot of that fight in like a floating, like floating between half guard mount and full guard with with font constantly recalibrating him but and pushing him between those positions trying to sweep. It's very high level. Um and for like a minute or two I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Right. And exactly. you know then for twenty plus minutes I'm like, okay, you know, can we get like a new belt for this? Can we get the like No, no. <laughs> this is you just forget it. You do it on 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 your depressed show in yeah, a couple yeah. months and fair. I'm just saying on. like you know, we were talking about last time the BMF and how it could be transferred where like if you have a terrible fight, they take it away from you. This is the kind of fight that gets your BMF belt taken away from you. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Um apparently man, Dana, do you see like people are tweeting that Dana White left in like the fourth round? I don't blame him. Yeah. I would have too. Like yeah. I would have too. Gotta beat the traffic. It's man, and and that's the thing, right? If you're on the bottom, you're either holding on, you're either looking for submissions, you're looking to sweep, you're looking to retain your guard, or you're looking to get up. I feel like Font spends so much time on the sweep part of it because he was finding some success. His his initial steps were working often. Yeah. So he was getting to where he kind of needed to be, but he just couldn't pull off the the ending sequences to to the sweeps. And that's a credit to Sam Hagen. But it's like then you you kind of need to start yeah, you got have... on to get ups and and different uh, like we saw, we saw earlier in the night, we we saw guys get taken down and immediately. Who was it? Um, Kyler. Yeah, Kyler Phillips. He did a really job, good job yeah. getting getting back up. Uh, or you know, we saw Ludovic. Or we saw not Ludovic, but Diego Lopez too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he he gets taken down and he he jumps the submission halfway through the takedown, switches it up, switches it up again, switches it up again. And gets it like with the sweep. There's there are aggressive, fun, cool things that you can do with your with your submission grappling that aren't just like technical position play. You right. know? Exactly. And the same thing goes for for uh you know for uh Sandhagen too, where it's like, great, you've created top control. That's a positive position. Any kind of damage or like aggressive, you know, submission hunting here would be really appreciated. (laughs) You know, he had like that one moment late in the fight where he's got a Darce. I'm like, man, this is this is so much more. This is so much better. I'm enjoying this so much more immediately. And then you know, he go, he loses it, goes back to being on top, and I'm immediately like, oh man, remember when he had that submission? That was really nice. We should yeah. go back to that. No, I get it. it. Yeah, for sure. And tonight we actually got a. This was like a grappler's delight. We got so many Dars um, guillotine attempts. Like th- it was really just the neck was on the line the whole time. Mm-hmm. Anacondas True. too. Um, but yeah. So with Sanhagen though, like you got to understand when you got someone as active as Font underneath you, 
you really have to mind your P's and Q's. You don't have time to posture up. The second you posture up, you're swept. Yeah. You know, so I, I completely understand him blanketing font, especially if he's injured. Um, so props to him. However, you saying, oh, O'Malley, Aljo, I'll see you in Boston. No, yeah, you're going to be buying a ticket, bud. Yeah. <laughs> you're buying a ticket. And too, like, if your tricep, tricep is so torn that, like, you can't punch, uh, you, don't tell me that you're going to be, like, you know, right back there being like, oh, I'm ready for that. Next, you know, no. You're ready for no. surgery, and we'll see, we'll see you on the flip side of that in another top contender's bout. Not we'll see you that, fighting Marab Dvalishvili. See, and that, yeah, exactly. Go try this shit with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's another thing. If you hate on this performance, I don't want to hear you singing the praises of, of Murab, okay? Because his whole career has been, you know, the rinse Look, and repeat takedowns. Rinse and repeat takedowns are fun. Getting one, mean, getting one and then just having shoulder pressure for five minutes. Like, like I said, it's not that it's not impressive. It's not that I can't appreciate it. It's that I refuse. It's that <laughs> I refuse to appreciate it. Hey, he did enough to yeah. not get, get stood up. Yeah, no. He, he, the, they were both moving positions too often for for there to be a, a stand-up, to be any real obvious place to stand them up. I mean, like, yeah. Sandhagen's getting the position. He's constantly trying to improve it. Font's constantly shifting him back. And, you know, like, both men, there was never a point where Sandhagen was literally just hugging and leaning on Font where you're like, oh, God, just, you know. It was more just, okay, We once they had this rhythm set, it was just very clear that they weren't about to break it, that they were in a, a constant, constantly fluctuating stalemate. I know that's a, con a uh, contradiction of terms. But well, they were they were both finding micro success. Yeah. So yeah. much so that they were comfortable where they were because yeah. they were almost. Well, I mean, except for Sanhagen, because he's, you know, in the dominant position and he's winning. But man, I, I, you, you can't do this. And then it, like Aljo has already strangled you. There's zero chance yeah. you're going to get that. And O'Malley's looking to get paid. By the way, look for my Sean O'Malley interview dropping oh, yeah. on Bloody oh, Elbow yeah. uh, very soon. Timex actually hooked it up, so shout out to Timex. Oh, there you go. They sent you the shirt and everything. Or did you buy that shirt? Come on now. They sent you the watch. Come on now. Come on oh, now. Man. You're all swagged out with that Timex. Man, you know, I, I got that I got that condom condom depot got me that interview and I, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to Zane. <laughs> Stop lying to the public. Uh, all right, all right, we're moving on. I, I got. I'm shouting out Donnie Dog Piss here because he 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 agrees with my take that Marabdvashvili is just a more fun fighter. But that is the that and, and the name makes me feel like I had to say it out loud. No, uh, Marab, yeah, that's fair. This was I, I, definitely a stinker. It, it sucked, and uh, we all know it sucked. All right. Let's get to a, the woman's strawweight bout in the co-main event. Tatiana Suarez, Jessica Andrade, and uh, pretty good. I got this was this is weird in that like it wasn't like Suarez went out there and crushed Andrade, 
but she also didn't really seem to have any trouble with her either. Like there wasn't ever a moment where Andrade did anything where you're like, oh, she's in this fight now. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, Andrade survived round one. She didn't take much damage. She got back up when she was taken down. Then they have round two, and they scramble around, and both women jump the guillotine, and Suarez jumped a much better guillotine. Yeah, uh, this I, I'm really glad. I love this fight. This mm-hmm. I love to see just such a complete performance from Suarez because we all know she can wrestle. We all know she has submissions. But to be able to intelligently fight on your feet against someone as powerful as Andrash, who comes forward, who pressures you, um, I think Suarez did a brilliant job. The way she was using her long-range weapons, her corner was adamant about her using her jab. She was throwing head kicks. She was staying away until the moment arose to close the distance and get on the inside. So It was totally, totally solid. It's like this is what I wanted Carla Esparza to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean like four inches taller? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I <know what> Just <laughs> saying, you, you feel you see Carla Esparza throw a kick from range, and you feel nothing but sorrow for that woman. That leg <laughs> goes out about six inches in, from her torso. No, it's but true. uh, but no, this was great. Yeah. This was good to see. We have a we have some excitement now yeah. at the top. It's not the same recycled people over and over. We got yeah, some I, new blood. I, I I am wondering if she'll get the title shot off this because there's Yan Zhaonan is out there and she looked great in her last fight too. And I think that you know there's a there's a potential for the UFC to do an all China main event fight in in China at some point that I think they would probably want to jump on. But if that's the case, if that is the the direction that they're going to go in, that just means that maybe we finally get Tatiana Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern. Which, considering how Mackenzie Dern looked in her last fight, that would be a a ton of fun. I still really want to see that fight. Hold on. Dern would have to go get married and then get divorced in order to have that a repeat performance. Maybe we can just Maybe and we can I, just get her ex to miss a few alimony payments, and that'll have the same effect. My favorite part is how you're all calling for that fight, these two grapplers, when you're sitting there saying how much you hate watching grappling matches. <laughs> I hate watching grappling matches where against dudes where grappling is clearly their B game, and you're watching B game plus, B, <laughs> B game minus. You know, it's like watching this was it's IBJJF Corey Sandhagen is the K1 Maya of elite MMA where it's sure. like, yeah, OK, I'm glad that Damian Maya went out and found some hands for himself. But, sure, do yeah. you know, do I want to see Jake Shields kickbox Damian Maya for three rounds? I do not. Absolutely not. I want to see Tatiana Suarez and I want to see Mackenzie Dern and I want to see them tangle it up on the mat. That that would Me be a ton too. of fun. Absolutely, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm yeah. just I'm just glad to hear you say it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a hater of all grappling. I'm just a hater of bad fights. That's fair. Yeah, and uh, you know, grappling in more bad fights involve grappling. What's cool but. is Tatiana Suarez earned her black belt with that performance. Yeah, I, I didn't even know she wasn't a black belt. 
well, you know, it's these wrestlers and they're just out there to make jujitsu look fake. They go in as white belts and just crush everybody oh, yeah. in the gym. And Oh, man, dude, we get so many um, um, like national champion wrestlers stop through our gym at Diego Bispo Academy. And, you know, they're white belts, but yeah, they're blue belts. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Any other white belt in there is getting thrashed. <laughs> Absolutely thrashed. Blue belts are probably for the most part having a really tough time are going to be breathing really heavy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I mean jujitsu, it's got its own it's got its own system. Tatiana Suarez is a great grappler though. So yeah, all around grappler. Uh all right. That brings us to a light heavyweight bout. Dustin Jacoby, Kennedy and Zechaku. And man, thank God for for Jacoby, our only knockout of the night. <laughs> thank you. Even then, we gotta say that was an early stoppage. I know you, you and I are both people who are very much on the on the chain of if the ref pulled the trigger, it's probably for the best. Right. That With was an early one. I don't know. Doing this, saying, and I don't know if you're but covering yourself up like that is not intelligently defending yourself. So the second you start doing that and you don't stop and the ref has time to get there after he says move and you don't and has time to get in and touch you and stop it. Nah, dude, you fucked up. It's, it, I mean, it's definitely, it's all bad news for Nzechiku. And I don't even think that he necessarily would have recovered right away had the ref not stepped in. But it is also it was clearly like he was not that hurt. He was hurt. He was in a bad spot. He was not doing anything immediately defend to to defend himself or to you know stop the onslaught. No, I mean it's but, it's 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 no different than than having someone in a mounted crucifix and you're just landing these short arm punches. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's you got to stop the fight. This is a sport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, dude. Can't sit there and just shell up. That's not. That's not, what move is that? All right, all right. I, I thought I thought I'd have you on my side on this one, but I can see that you're. I'll say this: it was a friendly TKO. <laughs> okay, if that's <laughs> as close as I can get from you, I'll take friendly TKO. It was, it was. A friendly TKO, but it, it was really. I mean, honestly, I, I feel for Kennedy uh, and Zuchuku here because he really he's always been a really cold starter. You know, in his fights, like, he loses the first round, or if he's not losing the first round, like, he was doing well for a couple minutes against Devin Clark, he starts losing the first round in the first round of every fight. Like, he started getting, he got clipped, and he got hurt really bad early in that fight. He's had the same thing happen to him multiple times, multiple fights, and it seemed like he, knowing that, went out there and was like, I'm going to start hot. I am not going to let myself get caught out, starting cold, not being in the fight. I am going to go out there and just put it on my opponent. And it's like, it's. I, I don't think it's something that, that you can really, you can't fake it until you make it with that. Like, if you don't start well in fights, you kind of got to like, you can't just be like, I'm just going to force it until it's good. You know, like we saw Donald Cerrone for years, terrible, slow starter. Mm -hmm. And if he like if he went out there and like tried to put it on somebody, he would just get clipped. Wasn't like that didn't fix the problem. 
ever. And and Zechakui went out there and he tried to put it on Jacoby. And he's like, I'm just going to go walk this guy down. I'm going to march him down. I'm not going to give him an inch. And then there's a one-two and he just, you know, he walked yeah. right onto it. I'm not convinced that's even a problem. No? No, like you're a slow starter. Like, so the fuck what, dude? You made it to the UFC being a slow starter. Maybe that's your thing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that you can't Maybe really. You, you got some Homer Simpson in you. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but maybe it's important to recognize that and use it to your strength. Like yeah. Come out super defensive round one. Exactly. Get yourself warm. Get yourself into the flow of things. Let yeah. yourself catch up. Because it's clearly, I think it's usually it's just for fighters that don't have a good sense of the timing right away. And they need to get that. They need to feel that timing. They need to feel the pressure. They need to get hit a little. They need to kind of wake their body up and be like, okay, yeah, I'm getting used to this. And and Zetchuku is clearly that kind of guy. And if you're trying to force it and be like, oh, I'm going to get used to this by throwing myself into it, you're you're going to get yourself hurt bad. Sometimes. Oh, Tanner Bowser is the same way. Yeah. Like, he will drown you in his rhythm if you let him. Yeah. If you can't disrupt that, or you're in trouble. But if you can prevent him from even getting in that rhythm, mm-hmm. you, have a, you have a really good shot. So, yeah, this was, this was great. Uh, I, I loved how quick it ended. This could have been <laughs> this could have been an ugly just clinch, just slog, but it wasn't. So it ended G- Cheeto, our, one of our uh, readers, asking like Cheeto or Peter Yan, yeah, Cheeto especially. Cheeto Vera is your classic slow starter. Sure, like, sure. He just gets beat up early in every fight. And he's a dude who's also learned from that. He used to he used to try to walk people down. And so the first round of a Marlon Vera fight, you'd always see him get hurt. These days, he tends to just hang back and let let his opponent come to him and let them try and make whatever they can happen. And it uh, you know, then be be there to rally, you know? Yeah, and it's produced a mixed bag. Yeah. But he's it's not tough. he's not getting hurt. Yeah, that's the thing. All right. Well, let's talk about this featherweight bout here. Well, Jacoby, after that, he called, I think he called out, what was it, Volkan Uzdemir? I don't remember if he had another one. Yeah, it was Uzdemir. Uh, Uzdemir is booked right now, unfortunately. But uh, he could maybe fight. He's he's booked against Mirzakhanov, unfortunately. So if Uzdemir loses that fight, doesn't make much sense for Jacoby. I don't know, because he can't get the Mirzakhanov. Oh, he, he called for anyone ranked above him. Yeah. Like, he's sick of fighting people behind him. Yeah, so Alonzo Manifield, right there, ranked above him, could do that. And the other option, I hate to say it, but it would be a really sensible fight to book, would be Dustin Jacoby versus uh, Dominic Reyes. Oh, man. The ghost of Dominic Reyes. That's a name I didn't expect to hear tonight. He's still clinging to a ranking spot and, like... What are you going to do with Dominic Reyes if he's still going to fight? <laughs> Man, you know? way, to, way to bring that name up on an already <laughs> depressing car. You bring it sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, let's, let's bump it up. Let's, let's kick it up a notch here. Diego Lopez, Gavin Tucker. Diego Lopez, he, he twisted Gavin Tucker into a pretzel. Like, that is legitimately... I am grabbing something and I am going to break it off kind of grappling, you know, like phenomenal. This is, yeah. 
and he talks about it in his his post fight interview. He was mm-hmm. talking about, um, well, you know, because Tucker he is a Gracie Jiu Jitsu black belt, which is yeah. you know street Jiu Jitsu, and then um, Lopez is uh, what is he Carlson Gracie black belt. Oh. I think that's where either way he's he trains for competitions and he says yeah training jujitsu for jujitsu competitions uh, helps him be able to make those real-time adjustments in his fights and it's so true I got my jujitsu blue belt in Gracie jujitsu and then I trans I transferred over to sport jujitsu now with Diego and it is it's it's night and day it's like my new training partners couldn't defend a headbutt necessarily because they weren't looking for it. However, I mean, they're, they're hitting barren bolos and, you know, nasty daily heave guards and, and all of them, everyone going for leg locks. And it, it's just a whole different ball game. You go so yeah. much deeper into the chess rabbit hole. Yeah. That, I, I'm a I'm a testament. Like I, I'm I'm fully on board with what he's talking about. Yeah, and and remind me to never kick him in the balls. No, that did not help Tucker at all. <laughs> yeah, great yeah. fight, great fun. Hold on, hold on. This was a flying triangle armbar. Flying. I mean, he kind of jumped guard, but it was that's, yeah. That's called flying, dude. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It wasn't, <laughs> you know. I, I like to think of flying where somebody like runs at the person and jumps onto them, but it is, you know, it's close enough. Nah, that's that was gorgeous. That it was, was it was gorgeous. That's like and I mean, city. And, and the great thing too is it's you know it, it was it wasn't a submission position that he really he didn't have it from the jump. You know, he flew onto it and he had to make three or four adjustments to get there. Mm-hmm. But the moment he made those adjustments, that was one of those things where, like, Gavin Tucker is probably going to spend a long time wishing that he had just tapped right away. Yeah. Because, like, he's this is a dude coming off two shoulder surgeries. 37. I don't know what part of his arm got wrenched around, but all of it all of it yeah if this if this is the end of gavin tucker's career i wouldn't be shocked you know yeah at least he was in the triangle maybe that softened the pressure on the shoulder I th- yeah i don't know i don't know either. that arm got it hyper extended for it sure got bent around yeah that was wicked man that's some wicked jujitsu and that's the thing sport jujitsu the guys are so aggressive they're submission hunters like off their back, it's you know, and I and that can get you in trouble if you're not so quick to get to your feet when sometimes maybe you should. But man, that's fun. This is fun. This is fun. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. All right, that brings us to a light heavyweight bout: Tanner Poser, Alexa Kamer, and uh, a much better showing from Bozer. I I was not really hyped. About I'm I'm still not that hyped about him at light heavyweight, but he looked a lot more ready this fight. You know, he looked a lot more ready for the speed. He looked a lot more ready for the kind of fighter, and just every, everything about it seemed much more comfortable than that that fight against uh, Kudalaba, where he just got stunned pretty fast. 
Oh, it's it's going to be technique versus athleticism for his entire stint at two hundred five, mm-hmm. and it feels like an inevitability that you know <laughs> it's going to go horribly wrong because he's so close to just these wild haymakers. And like, yeah, light heavyweight is the division where you can get away with many more lapses in your defense because you're so athletic. Yep, and. You know, that allows a a lot of gaps for people like Tanner to expose by being sharp and technical and pumping your jab and working off of it and flowing into your takedowns attempts, at least flowing into the clinch. You can you can you can punch your way into the clinch and then have have steps to do once you get there. And this was a a very complete performance for him. But I really think it's going to end abruptly. Like yeah, just, there's gonna be another guy like Kudalaba out there who can just. I mean, he even came or late in this fight. They're when he just all sitting, they're all like Kudalaba. They are everybody except yeah. for Paul Craig. Yeah, like Paul Craig's a middleweight. Oh, he's now. a middleweight now. So yeah. yeah, so everybody, like everybody. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, even Kamer when he got late into the fight and was just like, "I'm just gonna sit down and start winging hooks at you." Like, yeah, he got hit, but it started to work. He started to hit Boza really hard. And that's the thing. Like, you can't go one for one when you don't no. have the power. Look yeah. at look at what happened. Um, Jacoby, he yeah. got punched as he was punching and still dropped the dude. Yep. Like, that's what happens at light heavyweight. It and, is. You know, but he got, he had a clean, he got a win here. Clean, he got a good win, win here. Yeah. All right. That brings us to a lightweight bout. Ludovic Klein, Ignacio Bahamondes, and man, Klein looked really, really well prepared for this fight. Dude, he showed the fuck up. Yeah. He he showed the fuck up. He was not going to let some young kid come in there and show him what time it is. Mm -mm. He he right away just rocked his shit and, and just did what he had to do. Like This kind of was the theme of the evening. Like a lot of guys doing what they had to do in the grappling exchanges to get their wins and a lot of top control, the takedowns. Um, there was a moment. I mean, I, I will say Bahamondes did battle back, got himself back into the fight, but he just sure. couldn't stay on his feet and sustain his own offense. Yeah. I mean, Klein a, his wrestling looked way better, hit some angles on shots at times. He was able to actually chain his takedown attempts. Um, and then the, the thing was, too, is that he was able to... I, I think part of this was just also really bad game planning for Bahamondes, who seemed like he came in wanting to press Klein and, like, out-punch him in the pocket. Because he had, like, a, you know, a lowered stance. Maybe it was to defend wrestling or something, but it really took his kicking game away. And once the kicking game was gone, Klein had no problem weaving in past his jab to be the better puncher inside. And it, it took away all of Bahamondes' standing advantages and then left him open to the wrestling too, once that was gone. So a really complete performance from Klein for Bahamondes. Just, I don't know if this was a bad night. I don't know if it was just the wrong matchup or I don't know if it was just a terrible game plan that uh, really you know, misapprehended what he needed to beat Klein, but. And he also got rocked in that first round. Yeah, he did so get rocked early. So. Who knows what that took out of him. 
Yeah. All right. That brings us to a Bantamweight fight. Kyler Phillips, Hani Barcelos. Really good first round for Phillips. Knocked Barcelos down. Barcelos even did pretty well in the round after that. But, you know, still, you're not going to overcome a knockdown just with some okay offense. Yeah. And then a super sticky two rounds after that. I honestly thought there was a chance Barcelos might have won it. Might have taken the last two rounds, but I'm not going to argue with anybody about the scores on this fight. And when you have one clear round that goes to one fighter where you're like, okay, I know everybody's scoring round one for Kyler Phillips. Nine times out of ten, the fighter who gets the one clear round in a fight is going to get the fight. They're going to get the nod from the judges. Yeah. but I mean, the big takeaway, I think, is tying in with the whole theme of the night with the grappling is Phillips is someone who will threaten a submission attempt just to create space to get back to his feet. And that is genius. Like it's genius. Mm -hmm. There's being able to like, like MMA, this is mixed martial arts. You got to phase shift. You got to blend your striking and your grappling. Well, you also got to blend the little nuances inside those respective disciplines. Like, the submissions and the get-ups and the sweeps and reversals and what have you are just holding on and, and closing your guard or guard retention. Like there's so much. So when you when you can start blending those together like this, I mean, you can like it, it it's not like he had to use a ton of energy to get up either. You just yeah. you start making the other guy defend, he gives you the space you need and you're you're out of there. Yeah, it is. I mean, if we're talking like the differences between Font Sandhagen and Phillips Barcelos and what you want to see, you know, Phillips is, was immediately, both Phillips and Barcelos were immediately creating the kinds of space on the ground for takedown defense that required their opponent to give them space and to let them find room to stand up in a way that Rob Font absolutely could not every time Corey Sandhagen took him down. Yeah. It sucks, man, because Font did yeah. so many good things off his yeah. back. Just yeah. couldn't convert. Yeah. Good win for Phillips, though. Puts him right in the mix. He's, he's been kicking right around the edge of the top 15 at, at Bantamweight for a while now. He could could match him up, throw him into a fight like, uh, oh, man, what? My my memory just deserting me right here. Like Chris Gutierrez, I was thinking. That's but fun. but you know what the fight I think they really should make, which it's a small step back for Phillips, but it is a fun fight to make. Put it on me. Javid Bashrat. Who wow. Wow, that's going the distance. <laughs> right? That's going the distance. That'd be a fun one. It would be fun. It's definitely going the distance, but it would the, the scrambles would be ridiculous. Yeah. All sure. right. Welterweight bout: Carlston Harris, Jeremiah Wells. Dumbest fight on the card, hands down. Just an absolutely ridiculous slobber knocker of a fight for every second it was standing. And then just a bunch of dominant takedown work from Jeremiah Wells that made Carlton Harris look horribly overmatched. Well, takedowns and a ton of Darst ch- or Anaconda yeah. attempts and, and ninja Submission choke attempts, attempts and all that. Like full on, too. Yeah. And then, like, 
Carlton Harris, I mean, that anaconda show that anaconda choke that he hit, it was yeah, it was I'm sure it was deep. I'm not and he's worked on it a bunch. So I don't want to say that it wasn't like good or in or whatever. But I also kind of feel like Jeremiah Wells having the world's biggest shoulders only hurt him there because his own shoulders are so big that they're like pressing into his own neck. You know? It doesn't matter the size of your shoulders. Like that's what that's what causes you to go to sleep is your shoulder gets pushed into your yeah, neck. Just same saying. same thing for the triangle, same thing for any arm and anything. Head I'm and say his shoulders are like here. So you know that little bit of pressure doesn't have to look that tight to have everything just kind of crush in on your head. Well, um, there's actually this really nice adjustment that Harris made. He was able to to cut the corner on him. And so he, he could stay laid out like he was because he had Harris's neck kind of kinked at like this weird angle. It was kind of like 90 degrees and it, I mean, total shutdown, complete yeah. stop of blood flow to the brain. Really and, was. And, and how he didn't go out himself when he was in that ninja choke is beyond me. Like, is there a steroid out there that like prevents you from, having to breathe because <laughs> that's what the fuck this dude is on. There's, I think that's what EPO does. I think that's, that's, you, you know, know, the EPO, you don't need, yeah. you don't need oxygen. Yeah. This was, that was no. insane. Yeah. Crazy it was fight. It, crazy fight. Really just silly, you know, like two guys who know one tenth of MMA, but know how, but know how to do it extremely powerfully. <laughs> You know, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> like Jeremiah Wells has like big slamming takedowns and a wild overhand, and Carlton Harris has like the sky guy striking and the anaconda, and like that's it. But they do them all of that stuff as hard as anybody has ever done it. So, in so. that in that Jacoby fight. I feel like there's you're either on one of two sides. You're either saying that's a horrible stoppage or it's one of the greatest stoppages ever. It's like perfect or it's horrible, right? This stoppage is you can't even argue how great this was. This was perfect. It seemed like the the second Wells yeah. went out, the referee was right on top of it to to break it up. That it was not it was superb refereeing right there. Yeah, I mean, like I at the point the ref stepped in, I thought that Wells was still fine. And then Harris let him go when he's out, you know? So, yeah, great stoppage. Weird, funny, wild fight. A tech sub. A tech sub. Yeah. A tech sub will make me happy under these conditions when it's not Tony Ferguson. <laughs> and it's not a, like a referee blunder. All right, that brings us to a featherweight bout. Billy Quarantillo, Damon Jackson, exactly as advertised. Just an absolute war, mm-hmm. start to finish. Mm-hmm. Loved the fight, and you know, you got you got Jackson coming out and starting strong and being on the front foot early, being the more technical guy. Getting everything looking cleaner and more crisp, hurting Quarantillo early. And here's, you know, there, there's that moment early on where you just like, man, I don't think Quarantillo is going to be in this fight. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting beat on the feet, he's been getting beat on the ground. 
where is he going to find space? But the thing that, like, we were talking about in the Viva section about this, Quarantillo is a fighter where everything that's happening to him in the fight, good or bad, is part of the process for him to victory. If he's getting beat on, he's thinking, I'm I'm winning. You're going to get tired. I'm winning. You know? And if he's beating on you, he's thinking, you're going to get tired. I'm winning. And Damon Jackson is much more of a fighter where it's like, if he's beating on you, great. He's everything is awesome. Everything is going great. If he's if he's getting beat on, it's like, oh man, this sucks. I need to find some way to change this. And that kind of dynamic, like, it just it works really well for Billy Quarantillo. If you're starting to feel panicked when you're losing, even if you can do bad, even if you can hurt him, he's not going to feel panicked when he's losing. He when he things are bad for him. He is 100% calm and ready to just step on the gas the moment you take your foot off. And that's what it looked like. You know, Jackson was doing great, and Quarantillo just stayed on him. Started hurting him a little bit. moment Jackson got a little bit hurt, started hurting him a little more and just never let off. Well, I think it's more so the fact that um, Jackson started so hard that, that he was, you're, you're going to slow down. You can't sustain that pace. And like as you're slowing down, Billy Q is gonna Billy Q and yeah. start to pick up the pace, and that sucks. Yeah. Damon Jackson had to fight most of that second round and all of the third on fumes, like mm-hmm. on, on total fumes. I, I can't even believe he was even able to land anything in that third round, but like somehow he did. This was fantastic. Even yeah. in the, I, when I when I wrote the fight card preview for this on monday i even i had to even write you know filthy casuals will have no idea about this but you need to tell them to watch this one fight this is this is going to be fight of the night you gotta watch yeah. this one here it, it was it, up. It, it, it was, was great. great epic all right that brings us to a flyweight bout cody durden jake hadley and uh yeah unfortunately if diego lopez is like the the exception to the rule that Sometimes you can you can jump guard and you know jump the guillotine, jump the triangle, whatever, play off your back and get the win. Durden or Had Jake Hadley is the cautionary tale where it's just like you can't work off your back. You know you gotta. Cody Durden is you know he is a fighter who will throw himself into submissions, so the opportunity was going to be there for Jake Hadley, but you can't lean on it. You know, oh man, he was so. I don't know how he didn't get that arm bar. That thing, yeah, was so close. It was a, and that was from the triangle position too. It was an inverted triangle, arm fully yeah. extended, but he just didn't quite have the space, belly down, yeah. like fully hyper extended. And, and it was dirty. just the arm was just at a little bit off angle, so the pressure wasn't quite down on the, you know, wasn't pushing the elbow straight down through. Wasn't pushing the shoulder quite right. It's just like it looked like. I mean, Cody Durden, you could see him. He was he was screaming. Oh, he's or, a tough, tough motherfucker. Tough yeah. to grit through that. What was up with the he, the the fight ends and Durden immediately flips the double bird and does the DX suck it? What was that? About? Yeah, I don't know. You what know, happened? He, who hurt him? I I don't know. He he had the whole like you know rant about his Chinese opponent too. He's just got his own thing going uh, on. Yeah, that's you know. Who knows? He, I guess someone had to fill the Mike Perry shoes. Yeah, yeah. He does but, give uh, me Mike Perry vibes. 
<laughs> not in his stru- not in his fighting style no, at all. No, he's no. like the opposite of Mike Perry. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he he did he fought a decent fight, got caught in one really bad spot. I thought he should have lost that round. That is one thing that bugs me. Is it not one judge gave Jake Hadley round two? Yeah, I he, certainly did. That's insane. Yeah, like Durden. If you want to talk damage. Nothing that happened in round two is more damaging than that arm. And if you want to talk like, you know, talking about close coming close to finishing the fight, anything like that, that is clearly the thing of the, uh, the moment of the fight that should be scored better than anything else. hundred percent. So 30, 27. Yeah. Really kind of wild. All right. That brings us to a catchweight bout. Feather was supposed to be a featherweight bout. Sean Woodson, Dennis Buzuka, and uh, solid performance for Woodson. Yeah, he had an opponent who was coming in on short notice, and he beat him up. And dude, he is the most coordinated, uncoordinated guy. It is, <laughs> it is insane. Like, how are you? I don't understand it. He just he has one gear. It's low gear. You know, like the Diaz brothers would throw off speed, off speed strikes, like you know, pepper, 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 probe, probe, mm-hmm. probe, and then come with something hard and heavy. But this guy just, it's just he, he pop shots. He's just mm-hmm. like it's it's all pillow fisting, and I don't think I like it. <laughs> I don't like the just volume. The the I don't know. I, I hated this fight. It it really did feel like one of those things where Woodson had Bazooka really hard or really hurt, and the opportunity to step on the gas was right there. He just there was no there was there no foot no, to the floor. Yeah, there is well, no gas. Well, you can step on the gas all you want, but if you only have one gear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no. It's true. I just don't like it. I did like his anaconda hunting though. I thought that was sure. pretty cool. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. right? The, the the guy who who has all this boxing experience, like I'm interested in it, in his grappling and submission yeah. skills, not his boxing. All right, and that brings us finally to our opening bout flyweight fight: Asu Alam, uh, Almabayev against Ode Osborne. And uh, yeah, Almabayev, he looks good. He looks like a really good athlete. If nothing else, you know, dude is fast in those takedown entries. Are super fast, super yeah. clean. Oh man, I, it's fresh, fresh meat up at or down at flyweight, I should say. Super exciting. Uh, he got the finish, hard to do at flyweight, and I there was a moment where someone got cut by a glove. You remember that? Like the guy got cut because of the glove caught him around the eye. Yeah, you mean you like a couple cards ago? No, in oh, this in, fight. In this fight, oh, okay. I, 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 I came late to this one. I caught it through. Okay. I, I breezed. I skipped my way through it. So, well, let me ask you this: Are you allowed to cut somebody with your glove? Yeah, absolutely. You can intentionally just use your glove to cut someone. Yeah, okay. I mean, as much as you could potentially intentionally do that, like. Like, are you, you allowed take, to like rub the glove on their face? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. this sure. is minutia. It's not small no- joint manipulation. It's not gouging. It's not, uh, 
you know, it's if you can take your palm and put it on somebody's face and just like mash your your hand into their head, then certainly you can do that with your gloved fist. You know, but you can't. You can't. I don't think you can stick things in cuts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's gouging. That's yeah. gouging. But yeah. if you're taking your the the glove should not be the thing is the glove should not on its own be capable of cutting anyone. It is. It, it shouldn't. Is. So you can take advantage of manufacturer error. Yeah. And like what you know? Yeah, yeah. It's no it's not it's just not supposed to be able to do that. So it's an extension they can't of stop, the hand. Yeah, they can't stop you from doing something that you shouldn't be able to do. In any case, you know, like it, there's no rule to because the glove shouldn't be able to do that. You can't make a rule. Oh, we're not. You can't cut somebody with your like. Of course, you can't cut somebody with your glove. Your gloves aren't supposed to be able to cut anything. You know, but they do. But they do. And just a thought. Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, so many of the times it would happen would be super incidental where it's just like, oh, you punched somebody and the glove op- skimmed them and opened a cut. And like. That's that's totally legal. You know, has uh, to be. well, shit. Uh, Vitor Belfort won the UFC title. Yeah, that's right. That. Clipping that's Randy right. Couture. Cut his eyelid. Yeah. On that note. Let's see. We have you been watching the Paul Diaz fight um, at all? Oh, I've been watching this whole time, my guy. Me, me too. Me too. <laughs> Looks like they're going the distance. Yeah, they're they're just about to hit the tenth round. Uh, Diaz very very seems very smug about his chances of winning. Seems mostly like it's been a pretty close fight. I know his, the body language is much better on the Diaz side. Honestly, dude, we could just sit here and. and talk about it while it happens yeah i mean i think our producer is doing a live thread of it anyway so they're not going to be ready until oh well let's hang out yeah so yeah we and we we wrapped up early smoke them if you got them yeah well and that's a testament to how shitty this card was when we're (laughs) we're 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 45 48 minutes into a sixth round and we're done yeah on the good cards we're 48 minutes in like three fights in yeah and then we have to like hustle it up the producer's like hurry it up hurry it up yeah yeah well i mean the other thing too is there's just not a lot of fallout out of this card that that made anything happen you know you're your co-main event, uh, Tatiana Suarez. I mean, yeah, maybe Tatiana Suarez is a title fight, but the moment you drop off that, Dustin Jacoby, Diego Lopez, Tanner Bozer, Ludovic Klein, nobody's lined up for anything off of any of the fights they had tonight. So, no. It's just not a lot to talk about other than like, oh, yeah, they, they performed all right. But, yeah, there's no there's not many narratives. Yeah. This is... But this Diaz Paul fight, so you know, every fight, every round has been kind of what we're seeing now in the tenth round, which is Jake Paul. He starts out really pretty good early in all these rounds. You know, yeah, he came out, he landed hard. Diaz is doing a lot of clowning, and at some point, Jake Paul kind of spends that nickel, and Diaz has been able to push him back, and get him looking a little tired and worn out, get him looking a little fatigued. And then by the end of the round, Diaz has been exiting every round, like flexing, doing, you know, got to do the, the thing right, and all right, that. Right. And uh, I, I will be, I've been watching it all without sound on. So I don't really know 
what the judges have been see what 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 we think the judges have been seeing. I know I know for certain that Diaz is going to lose this last round, but it, he also it, seems very confident that he uh may have won the fight anyway. Zane, but think about it though. When has a Diaz brother ever thought he's lost a round? It's or true. A fight? It's true. My 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 prediction <laughs> for this fight was that Diaz would lose while the whole time being having a very confident excuse for why he actually won. But here's the thing. If if Nate can just rock Paul in any way, shape, or form in these next 30 seconds, he's won. That's it. Yeah. That's all he's got to do, like he did against Leon Edwards. And, and there he is. He's swarming now, and yep. Paul is looking tired, and Paul is hugging, and Paul is looking done. Uppercut. And... Oh, like man. Nate Diaz can't do the Stockton slap with his glove on. I just realized true. he can't open palm people. He can't flip the bird. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know how they're actually gonna. I, I don't know how this was actually. I will say this. I honestly expected Nate Diaz to look a lot worse than this. Same, 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 same. He showed he's, up. He's never boxed before. And I know he's done a lot of boxing sparring and I know he's fought a ton of MMA and there's some skill transfer there. Well, and the, well hold Diaz on, is... but hold on. He's done boxing sparring with world-class sure. champion boxers. Sure. Sure. I know he's done, you know, I know he's done a lot of work over the years, but I always feel like there's a difference between training to do something and being a pro at it and like going out and doing it in competition. Yes. And so my 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 feeling is always the first time somebody's gonna step into a new sport and you know give it a go and do something with it. I'm always just like uh, expectations are low. I haven't seen you do this before, and uh, I don't have any faith in it. But he looked all right. You looked as good as Jake Paul, more or less. So you know, sure. He didn't go out and get embarrassed. No. And that's that was the big, the big fear, honestly, for all of the Diaz acolytes out there. And he got fucking paid. Yes, that's, that's the, the the big positive here that he got that's paid. Awesome. He looks happy, and his brother looks happy. They look happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's it's the kind of big fight atmosphere that you know. You only get that from the UFC if you're fighting at the top of a couple. If you're going to get a couple of spots on a couple of cards a year, you know, there are going to be a couple of pay-per-views where you're going to get that real huge fight atmosphere because you're headlining. And the Diaz's have always, you know, they want all their fights to be that atmosphere. You can't get that fighting Anthony Pettis in the co-main event of some. Right. You know, you can't get this. Yes. You can't get these paydays in the UFC. No. So, all right. We're coming here quickly to the decision. Let me see. Yeah, I think the big shots were landed by Jake Paul. Yeah, he, I think he'll probably win. It seems that way. Power shots. Yeah. I'm guessing he's going to have won, but we'll find out. You never know with boxing, too. Nobody scores uh, worse than boxing. Yeah. MMA fans can complain all they want, but boxing boxing scorecards are a legitimate mystery to me. 
and it seems like their 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 judges, although they overlap, get a free pass every time. Less scrutiny. Yeah. Well, I, I, here we go. I have to feel like boxing judging is just honestly like the expectation with boxing judging is is really honestly just the corruption of like whoever is supposed to win, whoever's in front of their home crowd, whoever is the big uh, the favorite going in their opponent better knock them out because if you don't you're not going to get those cards you know jake paul has won a decision over nate diaz all right there you go who saw that coming me but actually i thought he he might get tk yeah i thought he's gonna get knocked out yeah that's true I th- I, Nate did better than I thought, but I am not surprised that Jake Paul won this fight. Yeah, definitely not surprised. I guess that's a good bounce back. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he went and he he fought an actual boxer. Kind of. He fought well, a he fought. Firing... Yeah, yeah. He fought a celebrity boxer. boxer who takes it really seriously. He fought. He fought a mirror. Yeah. He fought his match. You know, um, but someone who had more sk- more time, more skin in the game, even, uh, and so he comes back to his standard mold of, "Hey, I'm gonna fight yeah. retired MMA guys." And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor will be next, probably, if Conor can find his way, weasel his way out of his UFC contract. I mean, who knows? Nate Diaz could be next for Conor. That's true. And that could be a boxing match. like. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? We, we've we given you that little bit of that little extra, the rare six round <laughs> non UFC focused little moment of Zen. We're going to jump over to our, our sub stack now with some bonus content. So if you're a subscriber, check that out. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.